welcome to the Pinkies Down Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Mejia. Uh, today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by my boss uh, and owner of Union Wine Company, Mr. Ryan Harms. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Marcus. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, well, obviously, um, I don't need to introduce you, but if you would like to introduce yourself to our newfound audience, uh, please do. Cool. Uh, I'm Ryan Harms. I'm the founder of Union Wine Company and reformed winemaker. I like that. Reformed. Yeah, it's reformed. All right. Well, as it is May 25th, National Wine Day, uh, might as well talk about summer beverages of choice. Do you have one or maybe multiple picks for the summer of 2021? Well, I have to say that in the summer months, Ever since we started producing rosé bubbles in a can, that has been, become one of my go-to uh, getting out, doing yard work, spending time, uh, usually not operating the lawnmower, but <laughs> I've been known to uh, have it uh, you know, in my hand as I'm uh, pushing the lawnmower around the yard. Safety first. Yeah, safety, always safety first. Safety first. Um, but that definitely has become uh, a go-to in the summer months. And then I always am a fan of some of our either canned cocktails or kind of messing around making making my own at home. Um, there's nothing like a little fruit in some wine and maybe a little carbonation. So I would say those are kind of my go-tos in the summer months. Those are two solid go-tos. I like that. I like that. Um, maybe we'll, we'll have to release a few more cocktail recipes for our fans out there. I know that you and I are both fans of a nice Negroni every once in a while. So you know, there's nothing wrong with a little Negroni. Um, I think it keeps everything uh, fresh and lively in the in the summer months. Yeah, shout out to Negronis, like big shout out there. All right, well, moving along, uh, summer months. So speaking of us entering, hopefully, a season of you know of, of openness and, and health and prosperity. Let's go back in time a little bit, um, but basically the, the new normal that we're now sitting in, how has this last year pushed you farther as an owner of, of our company, uh, a father, uh, a husband, um, just, just a guy, like trying to find balance through the waves the pandemic has brought us? Oh man, there's a lot there. Um, so I think if I go back and and think about uh, everything that's gone on over the last year plus. I mean, from on one hand, being home, I feel very fortunate that uh, we've been able to keep everyone safe, safe and healthy. Um, being able to be home with my kids. Uh, I think it was, it, it became apparent to me that there was all this time that typically as a parent, I wouldn't get to spend with my kids. Uh, and now by, by all of us being home, you know, having lunch with them almost every day, uh, spending more time with my wife, uh, th those were all absolute pluses in what otherwise was obviously, uh, at times a little bit scary, a little bit stressful situation. Um, I think from the business, we proved that, we put a good plan together. We took care of our people, uh, made sure that we did the best we could to keep everyone safe. And, um, it kind of finding our way through COVID, we probably realized that we were more resilient as an organization than 
I might've thought we were. And, um, and then we also really proved to ourselves that working remotely was incredibly successful. And, um, I think that'll be a, a kind of great thing for us to continue to think about kind of going forward as organization of, you know, how we can potentially create more flexibility for our staff in terms of where they want to work and how they want to work, which is pretty cool to have this kind of forced experiment, if you will, uh, that really kind of challenged probably a lot of people's thinking uh, around uh, remote work versus being in the office. Yeah, that is, that is the truth. As, as someone who has both been in a, a period of work life where it was tangible or nothing, uh, you know, in my, my previous part of the wine industry, like you either had to be on site or you weren't, you know, it was pretty night and day to translating over into not quite an office, but a little bit of that environment, you know, and still being able to do everything you were already going to do. And sometimes even more efficiently is really neat. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, adjustments that were made that I think will be beneficial Yep. moving forward. So. Well, and I think as a company we're you know, because we are growing, producing a product, uh, we're, we're a manufacturing organization at a certain level, like we're not able yeah. to all be home. And, right. and so I think creating, uh, for the staff that needed to come into the winery, the staff at packaging to be, to create a safe workplace for them to all come into during COVID, uh, to make sure that we could continue as a business to operate. Um, and so I think for us, it was unique. Like not, ev- not everyone's role allowed them to uh, work from home. And, uh, and yet I think we've, we've learned a lot about, uh, kind of coming back to business resilience, uh, uh, and, and what's made us resilient and, you know, kind of feel like now as a company, we've, you know, been in business since 2005. This is the second major economic downturn that, uh, we've Mm -hmm. been through, you know, now we can say a global pandemic we've, we've survived through and, um, feel really good today about, uh, this organization and its strength. Yeah, man. I'd agree. I like that a lot. The, just to end on that, the, my, my, uh, interview day, I remember asking you about not just the wine industry, but the canned wine industry. And I remember till this day, your, your answer was, yeah, man, lots of blue skies left. Like, don't worry. And every time, like, things will kind of rear their heads. It's funny. Like, yeah, like, we'll figure it out. There's definitely going to be blue skies. Yeah. I like that. So it's awesome. Um, well, cool, man. Blue skies. Moving, moving off of that a little bit, uh, still going further back in time. This is, this is back, 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 uh, you know, pre, pre-Instagram. Definitely pre TikTok. Maybe MySpace was around doing its thing. Not Dude, completely MySpace, sure. Yeah. AOL might have been like front of sight. Uh, I want to talk about Mr. Ryan Harms pre union. Uh, the the life of the first winery slash vineyard job. And if you could, if there is, the deciding light bulb over the head moment when it was it was decided like, okay, wine. Like, here we go. Yeah, so go back to 1997, um, and I, in college, I had wanted to, when I went into college, I wanted to be a doctor, and so everything that I was thinking about coursework was all uh, structured around that, wow. and when I realized that 
that wasn't in the cards and I was going to need to kind of rethink where I was going career wise, which of course now looking back is pretty funny that as a you know freshman, sophomore in college, you think you'd really have that all sorted out. <laughs> um, I was kind of reassessing things that were interesting to me and kind of where I, what I wanted to explore and, and wine had been something I was always a little interested in. Um, my girlfriend, family uh, was super into wine and so kind of being around their household I was exposed to it and so I had reached out to Rex Hill and Lynn Penner-Ash was the winemaker there at the time and she gave me a harvest job uh, an opportunity to come uh, to Oregon I'd never been here I was a kid from New York at the time and came out here worked harvest in 1997 Uh, it rained I think pretty much from (laughs) September 15th on Um, was not a, one of the high quality, you know, uh, barnstorming. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a tough vintage. Absolutely loved it. Loved every minute of it. And I met some awesome people and wanted to get back here as soon as I could. So graduated college and, uh, Josh Bergstrom from Bergstrom Wines, uh, was also working his first vintage and his family had just purchased some land in Dundee and moved forward a couple years. They were developing or just getting their winery off the ground. And he gave me an opportunity to come back and work with him. So that was my first full-time job in the wine business after uh, working harvest in 97. That's awesome. 97. Yeah. I'm guessing you had your fair share of, uh, what was it back then? Did you, did you see any basket presses back then? Like old basket presses, you know, cause that's around that time where people were still utilizing whatever equipment they could to, yeah. to get the job done. There was at, at Rex Hill, there was not a basket press. We had an old Wilmus press that, um, was super manual to run yeah. and probably scary as can be to actually think about the the way in which it functioned and and working around it but it was a total kick in the pants to run um and yeah but no basket presses there i love it i love i love the old equipment um well cool man i, lo- I like that 97 97's trending right now so you know hopefully that'll help this pot out a little bit trending where yeah everywhere like all the <laughs> all the gen zers and tiktokers you know it's a it's a popular thing 1997 fashion. Maybe we'll bring that back in our crew this year. Uh, well, as we're taking this trip back in time and uh, through through all the things that we dealt with in the last year, let's let's flash forward. Uh, not all the way to the present, but if you could, I've I've been curious, and I know uh, a few of our other folks here at Union uh, have been curious. But let's let's get the story straight for all the folks out there that enjoy our Underwood canned wines where if you can recall was the very first underwood can cracked and what's the uh, story that there is there well i guess I, I directionally i guess i know where the first can was cracked i can say my first can that i cracked was somewhere in august of 2013 we canned the first trial run of Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir uh, that was all being done uh, for the upcoming in September of that year, the feast uh, event. And I came, I had 
I don't know where I was not at the winery when it happened and I was going camping that weekend and I stopped at the winery quick, grabbed some cans and went out to the Oregon coast and had two cans that evening. Absolutely loved it and couldn't understand why I could barely move after then realizing that I basically just consumed a bottle of wine. <laughs> so it was like a great moment on a couple different levels. Like so excited to finally have wine in a can that was our product and was super excited about that. And then kind of this epiphany that, yeah, you just drink a bottle of wine. I love that the first story that the first story from, you know, from you is almost verbatim similar to a lot of folks enjoyment. Of, of those cans and uh, knowing firsthand being on the road, you know, promoting our wines and, and sharing them with the, with the good folks out there. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the uh, parts of the double edged sword of delicious wine. Exactly. You, exactly. Can, you can enjoy it quickly. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome, man. That's hilarious. Um, 2013. 2013. Right on. Right on. Um, shout out to feast uh, 2013 for sure. Um, so moving, moving from there, uh, right, right in line with the cans, you know, Union Wine Company, our Underwood canned wines, um, and Underwood brand just in general, this idea of Union Wine Co. and the Credo, uh, which our podcast is aptly named for, uh, the Pinkies Down podcast, what is hashtag Pinkies Down and what is the Genesis story behind that? Sure. I mean, there's, so the- the decision to actually get canned wine out into the public and pinkies down all came from this like awesome brainstorm session in much earlier in 2013 we had committed to doing the feast event and we were doing some planning in the spring of that year to try to think about you know how are we going to show up at feast and as part of that the group, there's kind of this whole creative group that had been working with us was there for this brainstorming session. And we had talked about canned wine. A couple of the guys were aware of it uh, as this idea that we wanted to bring to life. And in that brainstorming session, both canned wine, the idea of the wine truck and Pinkies Down all came out. And I, I walked out of that session like, you know, stomach abs hurting from laughing and just having, it was just like one of those moments where the chemistry in the room was like phenomenal. And then you think about that moment and how transformational a bunch of ideas in this one brainstorming session uh, has been for our company. And so Pinky's Down, Pinky's Down was there. It was just, you know, Pinky's Down just kind of solidifying a way of thinking, a way of, uh, a way of looking at the world really just was putting, I guess, a label on something that has always been uh, a core yeah. uh, with this company. Wow, what a meeting. It was, it was incredible. Wow, yeah. man. It was like one of, those, one of those moments where you could only hope to replicate it. Right? A, That's like something out of a movie or something. Yeah. That's no, it was, it, was, uh, it was a real... And, and I think ever since then, like in 2014, you know, you try to... Um, think about planning for feast again, and you're always chasing the experience you had and, and the ideas that came about from the prior year. And we've kind of, to a degree, been chasing that ever since. Something right. that you just can't replicate. Well, it's good. I mean, you, you gotta have. I mean, in any any great place, organization, company, whatever you want to call it, team, you know, 
it's good to have those like those ideas to chase after. You know, I think it's it's pretty great. It propels you. Yeah, for sure. You know? So that's dope. I didn't know that. That's a really cool part of that story. Um, well, stepping stepping aside from all the fun stuff, not that this isn't fun, but something with a, a little bit more intention and a little bit more serious, the idea uh, of Union Wine Company and, you know, having wine for the people is just as important as, as how we make it, I feel. And I know that's a piece of conversation we've been working on having, but the idea of conservation in wine um, and some of the steps that we can, you know, that we've already started taking forwards and that we can continue taking on, on just being a better winery. Like, uh, can you speak to that in this year and where we're going? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think there's, to me, I think at a simple level, there is something that's inherent in a company that is making Oregon products. And so we both, I think we both support the perception of Oregon products and Oregon helps our Oregonness helps support our products. For sure. So there's there right off the bat, I think we start from a standpoint of uh, we're thinking about conservation, we're thinking about the environment, we're thinking about the impacts that we have. And and I think that is probably true in lots of businesses, but it's very true here in Oregon and kind of it seems like if you're doing business here, it's it's kind of part and parcel of uh, how you show up. And, if, and for us as a company, for a long time, I think I have been, we kind of walk the walk, but we haven't always wanted to talk about how we, right. what we do and how we approach it. And I think it's been both a learning and probably me building confidence and being comfortable talking about the things we do not because we're bragging about them, but more because we're proud of how we show up uh, in our community and in society. And so, you know, the last couple years, I think it also is a product of, we've been on a crazy growth curve. Um, you know, there's definitely been some points where we're just trying to hold on to keep this whole thing uh, from disintegrating as it's been a rocket ship. And I think we're finally digesting a little bit of the growth and we have the ability to step back and say, you know, what are the things that we should be talking about and what are the things that we're able to do? And um, this year feels like a little bit of a culmination of where we're able to uh, both celebrate some of the stuff that we've done as an organization year in and year out and but finally talk about it. And then I think in terms of the give back can and our um, uh, our focus on some charitable giving. It's a point where the success that we've had um, as a business, we're finally able to um, be able to be in a position to give back. Right. And I think that um, I'm super proud of that. I think as an organization, um, hopefully everyone here is super proud of uh us getting to a point where we have the financial resources to make that kind of commitment. And, you know, it's a little bit of kind of putting your, putting your money where your mouth is. Um, it's a little bit of walking the walk. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm excited that we're finally at that point. Absolutely, man. I mean, I think, you know, the, one of the, in my humble opinion, moving forward, you know, 2021 and, in the future, having transparency is, is one of the best forms of currency you can have. 
right? You know, like when you are able to to not only talk the talk and walk the walk, but but be open about that path you're taking. I think that's that's really important, you know. And uh, I'm happy and, and proud that we're doing it. But there's also just from an organization standpoint, you know, trying to have internal initiatives to think about water reduction. Uh, in the cellar and and thinking about energy conservation, like just simply being able to actually put some of those initiatives forward and be, begin to kind of work on some multi-year projects is super exciting. And I think a great opportunity for us to, you know, there's always areas that we can we can get better at. And I think as a company, we're finally able to kind of focus a little bit and look a little deeper into you know, what we're doing to see how we can improve what we're doing. I love it. Always, always forward. Yeah. Always forward. Well, with that said, uh, coming, coming to a little wrap up here. Uh, if you could close us out, speaking of always forward, uh, union wine company, but more importantly, Ryan harms, uh, what, what are you looking forward to 2021, 2022, 2030? Like, uh, give us, close us out here with a little bit of uh, blue skies, as we would call it. What are, you, what are you looking forward to in this coming future? Blue skies as it's raining out right now, right? Yeah, that's, that's how it is here, though. Well, we need the rain. Um, yeah, so, tw- I mean, man, tw- 2021 has been already a year that we didn't entirely expect in all good ways. <laughs> um, so we just closed uh, um, on a vineyard purchase uh, out in Sheridan, uh, which is totally exciting. Didn't enter the year thinking that we'd be acquiring uh, vineyard ground. So you know, it, kind of back even to the sustainability side of our business, you know, taking more of a direct hand in our farming, being able to think about you know, from a cultural standpoint, you know, how, how we're approaching our farming, what are the inputs, what's important to us, uh, and becoming a little more integrated in that way is, is an exciting opportunity and growth. Uh, I expect that we'll continue now that we've kind of gone down this path, we'll continue to be looking to acquire more vineyard ground and become uh, bigger growers at the end of the day, which hasn't, you know, historically been uh, how our business is structured. So that's totally exciting. Uh, continue to see great opportunities for our canned wine products and, and you know, continued growth in that regard. And some of our other projects are uh, a lot of fun. You know, Amity, Amity Vineyards right now is uh, in development of a couple acres that have just been replanted. And we have about 10 more acres that are going to be planted next spring that's entirely new ground. Uh, there's a lot of energy and excitement around that project. Um, and, and so I see, you know, good things ahead for a number of our brands. And then here at the winery, we're getting ready to break ground on a new crush pad, uh, hopefully any day now. Um, so there's, uh, just kind of continued fun investments here and things that will make us more efficient, uh, and be able to kind of continue to help shepherd our growth going forward. So. I don't know yet about 2030. I haven't gotten there yet, but, uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, in terms of 2021, 2022, uh, I, I can see some really good things on the horizon. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, Ryan, for taking time. Thank you, Marcus. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the Pinkest Down podcast. Uh, cheers to all of you and we'll catch you next time.
谢谢。